This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. Welcome to the gray area. Why dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers? My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 23rd episode in a weekly series titled Late Night Musings. Last week's episode was a discussion with Matt and Opie from the podcast Geek Bits. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd, and today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I've been inspired by a few podcasts lately that I've been listening to that are more of a monologue format. Uh, There are no guests on, it's just kind of the podcaster host talking about different issues and things in segments that kind of stand alone. And I was interested to see if I'd be able to do something like that. It's never really been a format that I've been comfortable with. Kind of the beginning of the podcast, maybe the first or second episode, I had a couple of those where it was just me answering questions. But it's been a really long time since I've just kind of sat and just kind of done it on my own. So, in the interest of kind of putting the thumbscrews to myself and being brave, I think I'm going to try that out tonight. It's late and stormy. So we'll see what happens here as I kind of watch the lightning outside. The last two weeks after E3, it's a kind of a quiet time because a lot of the gaming companies that I interview are taking vacation time and doing other things. So I kind of used this time last week to speak to Matt and Opie from the Geek Bits podcast, which are always, it's always a really good time to talk to those guys, and I hope you enjoy talking to them as well. And so this week I thought I would do something a little bit different so that uh, I could use that last week as another point of relaxation, I guess, before I get back into interviews. Next week I am going to have Jameson from the company Volition, and we're going to speak about Red Faction Armageddon and some of his experiences as a level designer doing that. So we'll get back to regular next week, but for now... I'd like to talk about some of the listener questions I've received that are of a little more personal nature, maybe. And this might be a good a good podcast to share some of those questions with you. The first one is, what games am I playing now? Right now, I'm actually in a pause from MMOs. I just yesterday closed my Rift account, and I closed my World of Warcraft account down again. <laughs> yeah, I know. And for me... I just feel like there's not a lot of draw there for me right now. And it kind of comes in waves for me where I just really want to play and I want to be involved in a guild and I want to raid and um, spend a lot of time in a game and, and kind of get enveloped in it. And and lately I just feel like um, even though I enjoy Rift and I enjoy the game, I'm just not feeling the pull that I did when I was an early player. And World of Warcraft, I feel the same way, where 
I just don't feel like I have the energy to invest in talking to the guild that I'm in currently and and gearing up um, for some of the dungeons that we're running. And even though I want to get to know people in the game, I feel like I just don't, I'm not feeling like I want to be there every night. And I'm not feeling like, wow, you know, I really need to jump in. I can't wait to log on. I'm thinking about the world. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with my character. I'm thinking about, you know, how I'm going to upgrade and what I'm going to change and customize and stuff like that. And I'm not feeling that sense of obsession that I do with MMOs at times. So for me, that means it's time to take a break and try some other things. Unfortunately, that does limit some of the people I get to interact with. And uh, unfortunately, that also means that I don't get a chance to meet a lot of new people and kind of move in the circles of gaming that I do when I'm involved in an MMO. It seems like the people that you meet kind of come and go a lot. And you have a chance to get really close with people really quickly, but they also move on very quickly as well. And that's something I've kind of noticed. I have some Skype friends that I talk to um, pretty regularly, but I also have some Skype friends that I was really close with for a few weeks, a few months, you know, even a years, and then they leave the game, they move on to something else, and you kind of lose touch because you lose that commonality that was between you. So the MMO is a little bit of a fickle world in that way. Um, I know I spend a lot of times, a lot of time talking about relationships and the kind of interactions you form with people through gaming, and the fact is, some of them last and some of them don't. I don't think that's necessarily an important thing, in the sense that people come into your life and they make an impression whether they stay for years and years or they stay for just a few weeks. I think that people use gaming to look for somebody that they can talk to. There are lots of nights where, in my own personal situation, I've been, I'd say for 10 years at a time, having a lot of moves based on work, where every two years, because of a job, uh, we would all move. And I probably moved six times in the last 10 years or so. And that doesn't allow for strong friendships of people in the same area to really form when you're constantly leaving and packing up and, and never really getting settled. And I think there are a lot of people in that situation, whether it's, you know, an actual move that people are making where they aren't settled or just more of an emotional kind of being unsettled where you look for people to talk to. And everyone wants an ear at times or they want somebody that they can share their day with. And it doesn't have to be somebody that they've known for five years or ten years. It can be somebody new that they've just met for a week or two and they can kind of just have that objective person to bounce things off of. And that's really what's good about gaming, I think. You kind of brush past each other sometimes and move on, and then other times certain people stick with you, and and you end up kind of having that friend for a few years that lasts beyond the game. And you never quite know how that's going to go. It's always an unexpected kind of surprise with gaming. But if you think about it, there are a few places in this world where you can kind of have that many interactions possible in a short amount of time where you can really share how you feel about something without really being judged. It'd be like 200 people going into a building in one in one huge room and trying to form 
like interests with somebody, I think it would be really difficult. And it's kind of a, it's a really interesting platform. The, the concept of, of gaming and, and the concept of online connections, I guess. So the point is, for the next few months at least, I am out of the MMO scene. So what I'm doing really is I, I just got a new game called Overlord 2, which is pretty fun. I've only just begun playing it. it you kind of, you have these little minions that are, I'd like to call them hops, but I'm sure they're, they're really called goblins that follow you around and I'm really just in the tutorial phase where you run around and, and wreak dis destruction on the, uh, the villagers who who find you different and are taunting you and your minions follow you around and help you help you move through the areas by blasting magic and hitting things with your club and they run around with their glowing goblin eyes and scare people and break things as well so it's kind of fun so far also i've been playing fable 3 the co-op uh with daniel actually and kind of going back to do the evil side of things, having an evil character to play the other side and see how that rolls. Other than that, just the usual uh, in and out little things like Shadow Cities or Angry Birds or things like that, the smaller games. Another question I get a lot is, what is your favorite episode? That's kind of a hard one. Uh, each of them are different. And some of them have different aspects that I think are kind of memorable to me. One of the episodes early on, I believe it was episode 10, I think it was Lucent Dreaming, I had an interview with a friend of mine, Aramis, who I'd played with in World of Warcraft. And we've gotten to know each other through chat and through World of Warcraft, and we've met a couple times in person, but it was really special to me to have him on because he's one of those people that's just kind of really mild and quiet and to get him to step outside his comfort zone and kind of stand in the light and let me interview him in a public way was really really special and kind of a nice a nice gesture on his part I would say I really didn't expect him to to do that and so that that was really nice to be able to talk to him and and kind of have that rare opportunity that I'm sure I won't get to do again. Some of my friends, it's been nice to talk to them, people that I usually play with, but I really did enjoy interviewing Cindy from Tryon because she said a lot of the things that really are kind of on my mind about gaming. Uh, a lot of her stories were really inspirational and, and she was just a really nice lady. We got along really well and kind of had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun and, and that's, that's unusual, I guess, because when you just first meet somebody for the first time, you never know how it's going to go. If you're going to click with them, if you're going to have things in common, if you're going to have things to talk about, or or just in general, how it's going to flow. But that was a really nice surprise to get together with her and, and to find so many things that we could talk about and, and so much that we shared. So I really did enjoy that episode. Another question I get asked a lot is... Will I take a co-host? That's something I think about at times, especially when I get when I get a little overwhelmed by doing this myself and 
And I hear other podcasts like the Geek Bits, where they have four or five other people, and, and it doesn't really matter if they get a guest that week. They can all just sit around and talk about the things that they're doing and, and have a good time laughing, and it seems so easy. And I've guest hosted on there before as well, and it really is so easy to just sit there and talk with people that you already have a chemistry with and that you know you can share similar sense of humor with. And and I really do enjoy that. And I've kind of been trying to get some of the people that usually come on here to come on more frequently. I really enjoy Dave Witt, who is a member of the GeekBits podcast, to come on more often because he's very good at talking about different topics that I don't necessarily consider. He knows a lot of different people in the business, and he can tell me things kind of behind the scenes things that you don't really hear about. And it is really nice to have somebody that that you can talk to while you're on the podcast, just in case there aren't people to interview or or to have other ideas and other questions that might be asked of of the person coming on that I haven't thought of. So I don't know that I will take a co-host, but I would like to have people guest as just guest co-hosts more frequently, and I think you probably will see Dave a little bit more often to help me out. So I'm hoping that that materializes in the future a little bit more. Another question is, who was your favorite guest? Well, we've kind of touched on that topic a little bit just a few minutes ago, but who is my favorite guest? I, I think I really enjoy having Daniel from Australia on. We have a really interesting kind of chemistry between us, and he's just such a fun guy and such a stinker, really. Um, we have such such just really good time when he's on. I never quite know what he's going to say, and he kind of has this really dry, obnoxious humor that I just really find funny. And every single time he's on an episode, we have a really good time. We spend quite a lot of time on Skype, just kind of going back and forth with the insults, and and it's just really nice to talk to him. He's also Bortum, the character Bortum on the uh, podcast Death Before Dishonor that I do as well. He kind of pops in and out on that, and and he always livens it up for sure. So I really like talking to Daniel. Here's another question I get asked a lot. People ask me when you first go to interview someone how I do that. How do I get together with people and what is that like talking to someone who's a stranger? Really for me, most of the people I've had on in the early episodes are people that I've had some contact with. People that I've been friends with in World of Warcraft, people that I've played Rift with, people that I've just known in real life, or at least talked to for 10 minutes or more. So when I get them on for an interview, it's kind of comfortable for me in the sense that I have an idea of who they are. There are occasions, uh, such as the episode with Rosalind from Girls Are Geeks, which was episode 19, where I had never spoken to her before. Um, The only way I knew her was through reading a blog that she had written on her website and just kind of generally following the things that she had written. So I, I knew some of her opinions and some of the things that she enjoyed, and we had some some topics that we could discuss based on what I had researched, but I'd never spoken to her in person, and that's always really awkward. Um, can kind of go several ways, and I was really nervous 
for that interview with her. I don't know why. I think it's just because when I have, the more information I have about somebody, the more comfortable I think I feel when I'm interviewing them. And I really didn't have a lot of information on her. So I was quite nervous for that interview. She was very kind and, and we had some things to talk about, but it was very strange because she was probably the first person I'd enter, ever interviewed that I didn't know in person or hadn't really spoken to extensively. So that was kind of a learning experience for me, I guess. Also, speaking with Vil, um, the CEO of Gray Area Labs, which was episode 21 just a few weeks ago, that was very nerve-wracking for me as well. Um, mostly because I think... <laughs> you'd have to know something about Vil, I guess. He's um, He looks all of 22. Uh, he's a very handsome guy, very charismatic guy from Finland, and it's a little bit intimidating to run into somebody like him who's such kind of a fast-rising star. I mean, can you imagine being, you know, 25 or something and being one of the top 100 European tech companies? I mean, that would be a really interesting situation to be in. And he was so kind and, and just really nice to interview and and really put up with uh, my pathetic pronunciation of Finnish. Um, I think the only phrase I really know is kitosavosta, which is thank you. But he was really gracious about that interview. But it was very intimidating to speak with him um, just because of those reasons. But it's something you kind of have to put aside as, as a podcaster and just uh, enjoy the experience. I mean, after all, what I'm here for, really, uh, on a personal level, I guess, other than to just bring content to to you and to tell you something about specific games. On a personal level, I'm here because I want to meet people and expand my horizons and kind of get a, a chance to be part of a more global circle of people, I guess. And having the opportunity to kind of jump in and out of conversations and have people be so gracious about sharing, you know, their feelings and their relationships with me is really kind of an awesome place to be. And, and it is, it is intimidating at times. Sometimes, uh, it feels like the person I'm interviewing I've known forever and they're a complete stranger and that's always really nice. And sometimes it just feels kind of awkward, but hopefully, Hopefully what I'm trying to convey and what they're trying to share becomes obvious to the people that are listening. I was inspired lately by a podcast I was listening to uh, by our friend Rabbit, who's made some posts on Facebook and actually a lot of really useful suggestions to me on the gray area, one of which was removing music. And I kind of fought that suggestion for a while and debated it back and forth. And it's something I've been hearing a little bit from Tinzian as well. For me, Having music in the podcast has a couple purposes, one of which I confess is me having a crutch because I am fairly new at podcasting. I mean, I've been doing this a few months now, 
And in the beginning, there are always audio issues, you know, with guests who may not have the ideal headset or maybe using external speakers or things like that. And for me, um, as I've said before to people in my wild Italian-like gesturing, I smack the mic a lot. And so you'll hear that on occasion. I try to take it out in my editing, but it happens, or little clicks or jingles from animals running around and things of that nature. So for me, having music in the background is sort of my crutch because I feel like it distracts from some of those audio issues that might be there. But something I hadn't considered and something that is probably true is I have to find music that has a Creative Commons license, uh, to be fair. And a lot of that music, well, some of it is good, some of it is a little odd, and the choices available are not hugely wide. So I'm finding things that I enjoy and and I feel matches the mood of the podcast that I'm trying to convey, but it is another factor that might turn people away from an episode that I hadn't considered before. On one hand, maybe you enjoy an episode about PvP, but you really don't like piano music, and having that piano music in the background of the PvP podcast is really annoying to you, so you you have a lot of trouble enjoying that. So I really didn't consider the fact that uh, people have a very wide range of of musical preferences, and if they want to listen to music in the back of a podcast, they can very easily add their own while they're listening. I guess I tend to visualize podcasts in the sense of of how I was introduced to them, which is in a car. Uh, Usually in a car, there's a podcast playing, and we're driving to a destination, and that podcast is there, and that's it. So I'm not really thinking of it in the sense of people sitting down at their computers, or... um, people, you know, on their laptops or on their iPods or things like that, that that could add other things to the voice track at the same time. That was something that was a good suggestion that I'm I'm trying out in the last couple you may have noticed. Also, turning up the podcast is good. Uh, Making things louder has been helpful, I believe. Um, It's good when you, you all give me feedback. I won't change something based on one person's preferences, but I will think about it, and there will be something in the back of my mind for for future episodes. And it's good to know what you see. For instance, I didn't realize that uh, on an ISO, like an iPod or uh, your iPhone, you're not seeing an image of the Genesee Gray logo when you're downloading a podcast. And that's something good to know, because I can change those sorts of little things when you give me feedback. So I do appreciate the people that make comments in the on the Facebook page, or on the Genesee.com page, or just email me, that sort of thing. It's very helpful. Especially questions, that's also nice too. I'm always looking to to know what you'd like to hear from guests in the future, what kind of games you'd like reviewed, and what kind of uh, companies I can have people on to to talk to as well. One of the nice things about podcasting is, for me, being actually kind of a shy person in large groups of people in the past, I've had these stage fright kind of feeling before, it's nice to be able to sit here and talk to you, the listener, without worrying about that sort of thing. You know, I can sit here in my PJs, I don't have to have, you know, my hair nice, I don't have to have my makeup on. I can sit here and just share with you 
without worrying about the things that I would be worrying about if I were standing in front of a large group. And it's kind of neat for me to think of what you might be doing when you're listening as well. Maybe you're driving in your car home from work. Maybe you're just sitting there getting ready for bed. Maybe you just have it on kind of in the background where you're cooking. You never know why or or when people are listening to podcasts, and it's kind of a neat thing to ponder. It's also another way for me to connect with people. I've said before that I love interviewing because it is a chance to be kind of part of a, a larger global group of friends or people, and and having listeners that give feedback is also part of that, that circle of, of people, kind of a silent part of the group, but but it's really neat to to think that there are lots of other people out there that are kind of interested in the same topic and and are talking about that and wanting to know more about that. I was listening to Rabbit's podcast the other day, and he brought up an interesting point about control that I wanted to talk about, and I was thinking about it further. My friends get very and have been very upset at World of Warcraft since Cataclysm because so many things have changed about the the classes, especially the mana-using classes. And many of them have left the game because of this, and others just sort of act like it's a tainted thing now that they they are very... they just shake their head when they talk about it. And it's always bothered me why this has become such a big issue and and why people are so emotional about it and and when i was listening to this conversation about control it, it dawned on me that 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 makes a lot of sense in in and what was being said was that when people have role playing games like dungeons and dragons they can control many aspects of their character they can they can change the way their hair looks, they can change what they're wearing in their mind, they can give them a specific eye color, specific mannerisms. When they receive an item uh, for loot, they imagine what that item looks like and and where they put it on their character. And that allows them to have sort of the perfect image in their mind of what they are trying to convey with this character class. When you play an MMO, certain ones are different. EverQuest used to allow you to put a, a false outfit. And I believe, actually, Lord of the Rings did, too. You can have a an outfit that people see when they look at your character, which is purely for show, and has nothing to do with the stats of your actual items. And that allows you to sort of have this veneer that you can put on your character and make it in the way that you would like it to be. World of Warcraft never went that route, and, and other than having a bank alt where you can pretty much make it look the way you want to, because it doesn't really matter what its stats or level are, most of your characters end up looking a lot of li- a lot alike. It used to be very frustrating for me with my rogue um, to be wearing, you know, tier 2, tier 3, tier 4, gear and everybody else at the same level who ran the same dungeons looked the same you know you get tired of seeing the green smoke you know coming off your shoulders after a while and and looking the same as every other person who's run you know ice crown citadel i never really got the highest tier in cataclysm so i never really had that problem there the point is though that 
There's not a lot of control when it comes to World of Warcraft. You can control your spec somewhat. There is an ideal for your spec. I mean, each spec, for me, assassination, uh, mutilate spec, or combat spec, there is a certain maximization of your talent. Let's just say that. And if you want to be the best you can be and do the best DPS you can do, you need to follow this particular talent tree. You may have three or four points to play with, but all in all, you're specced the way everyone else is specced. You can change your haircut, you can change your hair color, but your gear is going to look like everyone else's gear. You can play your character the way you'd like, but there is sort of an accepted level of how you do things. You know, you can't run in, again, using my own class as an example, you know, you can't run in and charge the boss because you're the rogue. You're not going to last. You're not a tank. You have to play it the way your class is meant to play it. And so people got used to that. They get used to playing the class the way they're supposed to. They get used to their own moves and their own way of an order of using their their different attacks. And then Blizzard came and they changed the way things worked. They changed the mana cost for spells. They re they forced people to reorder, retalent, and change the way that they were used to playing. And this makes a lot of sense to me in the sense that there is so little that you can control in an MMO compared to many other games that that announcing to you and letting you know specifically we are in control of how you're going to play this character and you have no choice we're changing things this isn't your character it's our character it's on loan to you but you will play it the way we want you to because we own it and even though you're paying a certain subscription fee a month you're really just playing to you're just paying to be here playing with our blocks and when we want to take them back we're going to take them back and repaint them, do whatever we want to them, and you are going to like it. That made people very angry, and they felt like they didn't really own anything. The reality of the fact that they, they paid for a chance to live in someone else's world was kind of smacked in their face. And that, I think, is why people were so angry and upset about the whole changeover with classes and and the sense that you had to abide by somebody else's rules, whether you liked it or not, sort of driven home there. And I did think that was a really good point that was made about control and and about the lack of control making people very frustrated. And I think in general that's why people are sort of drifting around and looking for a new game, because... I've I've spoken to many people that are really sort of listless right now in the world of MMOs and waiting for Star Wars Old Republic to come out and waiting for some of the bigger bigger games to hit so that they can have a chance to start over. And I guess I'm sort of feeling the same way in the sense that in the sense that I am not I'm not interested enough in starting over and building from scratch in a game that I feel like is going to become boring in a certain amount of time. I want to invest in something that inspires me, which I think we all do. So that might be an explanation why some people are really fired up about that.
the honor this year of being nominated for a Parsec Award. And that's kind of funny because last year I didn't even know what the Parsec Awards were. It is an award that's given at DragonCon in Atlanta every year. The tagline for them is a celebration of speculative fiction in podcasting. And they have a whole bunch of different categories. Um, best speculative fiction story in short form. Um, basically, podcasts about short stories. Um, they have, let's see, they have long form. They have fiction story in a novel form. They have best audio drama. Uh, then they sort of go into the things that are more familiar to me, where fiction podcaster team, news podcasts on specific things, like a specific book, a specific show on TV. Uh, then they have my category, which is best speculative fiction fan or news podcast in general, on anime, gaming, general, sci-fi, that sort of thing. Obviously gaming. And there are 22 people nominated in that general category. So that's kind of exciting, really, to be one of them and be on their page listed as a nominee. So I'll be interested to see where that goes this year. And fortunately, I'll be at Dragon Con, so maybe I'll actually get to catch that award ceremony. To be honest, I don't really think I'm going to win because I am a really new podcast. I think the concept is pretty neat, but I'm up against quite a lot of people that probably have really excellent excellent audio and and content that they've been building up for years. So just to be there is pretty exciting for me. I'm looking forward to DragonCon and to see where that goes, but thought I'd let you know. Thank you listeners for that. That's kind. A brief story about the iTunes saga, if you're interested. Um... I know it's been kind of crazy back and forth with the RSSing and things like that. Here's generally what happened. Um, I kind of already explained that I was switching from Cyber Years because it was getting more expensive and and hosting my own content myself. So I had written to iTunes and said, ask them to please switch the RSS to the new one. And, and I got a letter back from Vishnu. I'm not kidding, his name really was Vishnu. And we had maybe four or five emails back and forth where Vishnu was using his form letter, which had the phrase, make you smile in it twice, which somehow made me very angry. Um, I know that you want to smile, so let me help you so that eventually you can smile, or something like that. Um, And he linked me a whole lot of different help topic links that are on the iTunes help site for customer support to to let me look at that and see what I could do. And when I let him know that obviously that's something that needed to be switched in the iTunes store, they just had to redirect it to the current RSS, they told me that I needed to speak to CyberEars. So I wrote CyberEars and I said, and I realize you don't want to help me because this means I'm leaving you, but I would like to add a tagline to the end of my RSS, directing it to a different location. And Cyber Ears wrote back and said, you know, do you know who we are? We are Cyber Ears. We have millions of people doing a podcast. We do not deal with this sort of thing and we're not going to help you, so piss off. Basically, 
basically was the email that they sent. It was a lot shorter than that. Didn't, the accent wasn't quite as good, but it was the same concept. So, I was stuck between CyberEars and iTunes, both of which were giant corporate conglomerates that didn't really have an interest in my issue. So, I ended up creating, after submitting the Gray Area podcast seven times, with the current RSS, the new one, resubmitting it as a new podcast seven different times, changing little things like the Gray Period podcast, the Period Gray Area podcast, the Gray Area podcast at the Capitol, things like that. It never went through, and I never got an accepted or rejected either way. So I decided to get tricky, and Tinzian, working his magic as he does, we submitted a new feed called the Unimportant Crab Shack. It could have been Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, which would have been awesome, but no, it didn't. It was a little long. So it was the Unimportant Crab Shack. And that got submitted, and within about a week or so, uh, that was accepted. So we were able to get our foot in the door with the Unimportant Crab Shack and force upload all of the Gray Area podcast episodes and change the name to the Gray Area Podcast. If you look at the RSS when you go there, if you ever look at the top at the HTML, you will see feedburner.com backslash Unimportant Crab Shack. And you may wonder why it says Unimportant Crab Shack, but that's why. From now on, it will be the Unimportant Crab Shack. You will never notice. It won't affect you in any way, but it is the Unimportant Crab Shack. That is the conclusion of my iTunes drama, and now you can find everything in the iTunes store as it should be, which makes me very happy. So a month later, this was my saga of of getting a podcast in the iTunes store. I hope you enjoyed today's musings, and it probably won't be something that's repeated very often, but it's kind of nice to just kick back and have something a little different for you today. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I'd like to say thank you to my sponsor, MapHook. If you'd like to support the podcast and keep some of these ideas coming, please click on MapHook's icon on Genesee.com, or join my group, The Gray Area Podcast, on MapHook. You can find me on Twitter and share your thoughts with me at Gray Area Podcast or at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast. If you have any gray areas in your relationship or just need a new perspective, please email me your questions at geneseegray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.